Man, there's a blast from the past. Ben Evans, he did. He had his pro debut in the West Coast Supercross on the 250. It was the Tylube Honda team. I don't think Honda was even affiliated with the team at that point, but it was just the Tylube team, and that was a fun year. It's a ways and, back. He and Alex Martin were teammates. Ben no longer races professional motocross. Alex Martin, as you know, is uh, A-Mark's doing very well racing for the JGR Suzuki. So a little bit of history trivia there. Uh, big thanks to Drake Beecham, who who uh, had an outstanding talk with us, talking about his one-point lead in the Twins Cup. That's pretty he awesome. Is, he is on the gas this year. He is he is growing up fast and faster. And, you know, I agree with you. I mean, I know Barney and, and everybody is is right there, but him coming on midseason like he has, he's on a roll. He's got the confidence. He's 19. He's, he's 19, and he's feeling it. It's so cool. Yeah, and, it and, really uh, is. It'd be a good feel-good story if he won, especially, you know, your you guys being involved with him up there and with Billy helping now, Billy Mallory and and everything. He's it's, been, and he's been a babe, a pit pass babe for since he was a young boy. I we mean, had him when we, he was 14, 13. We were getting, you know, Tommy Boy's been uh, involved for a, quite a while. Yep, yep. So big thanks to Drake for joining us. Joining us now is 22-year-old Tristan Hart, who claimed a remarkable 14th overall at the Erzberg Rodeo. Red Bull hair scramble earlier this year, and uh, he's finished in the last dog standing with a podium finish in third place, IRC Enduro Fest in second place, and the Rev Limiter Hard Enduro in fifth place, just to name a few. Tristan Hart joins us now. Tristan, if we could put him on air, Jack. Wake up, buddy. Here we go. All right, Tristan joins us now. <laughs> how are you, Tristan? What's going on? Good. How are you guys? Good. We appreciate you taking the time. What are you up to today? Uh, just spent the last two days driving across the u.s almost back to phoenix now for the first round of enduro cross wow a lot of driving enduro cross wasn't going to happen is happening what's going on with that series yeah so i guess they sold it and then that guy couldn't secure some sponsors so eric canard the original creator of it bought it back and he joined with todd hammock of the marina cross series and they're putting together a three-round series this year so that's that's cool. That is cool. I mean, we've we've been relatively in the know about this since it, you know, because we interview the racers, the very very talented racers that have been a part of the series, and and we were all a little bit brokenhearted that it was going away. And everything Eric touches seems to be, and his partner are gonna. I think it's going to be a good combo. Are, are you? You've got to be pretty excited. You must be. You're driving a long ways. <laughs> yeah, definitely a long drive. But yeah, everything Eric does, all the supercross races. I just raced a TKO race in Tennessee. He does that. He yep. does so many races and everything he does is so so awesome. So yeah, I'm super happy he bought bought it back and fun. And what about this Erzberg rodeo, fourteenth overall? Is it, tell me that's not your first visit to the Erzberg and that you just came out of the gate swinging that hard. <laughs> Yeah, actually, that was my first time there, and honestly, I was really close to getting the top 10, but I had a front brake issue, and Cody Webb actually gave me his on, like, halfway through the race, so if he wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have finished, but I lost, like, 30 minutes or so from that, and I still ended up finishing, so that was probably the best experience I've had in a race in my lifetime, so that was awesome. That is awesome, and, and what a what a need experience to go over there and do that yeah my dad came with me and we stayed for a week and got to experience a bit of austria so that was really cool and to see all the 
top factory guys like Jarvis and Johnny Walker and talk to them was pretty cool and race alongside them for a bit was pretty cool too. And so do you foresee yourself doing that again? Because, you know, certainly uh, in the press and even here on Pit Pass, we've talked to competitors and they said some people are of the one and done. I never want to go there again or no, I really want to go and do better. Yeah, I definitely want to go back and I want to do better. I want to top 10 and eventually I'd like to top five and maybe one day a podium would be like an ultimate goal of mine. So hopefully I can accomplish that one day. Is top 10 a win or is a top five a win for you at this point? At this point, a top five. (laughs) (laughs) That might sound like a tall order, but I think I'm capable of doing it. So we'll see in the future. Just being able to be there and and throw your your name in that that ring of people is is uh, just gives you more street cred than than many of your peers. And I don't care what discipline it is, that's a that's a legitimate tough thing to do. And I can people only get imagine really hurt there. <laughs> it's a race where you can get really 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 hurt, right? And, ex- and even from yeah. just exhaustion. Yeah, some of the downhills there, that's probably the most dangerous thing. And it's like, if you don't ride it out or you don't walk it, you actually try and ride it like shit. I mean, sorry my language, but it, it can go really bad. And that was like one of my worst fears. And luckily I didn't get hurt. And then with the exhaustion too, in Carl's Diner, like an hour over those rocks was just unreal. And my dad actually ran through the rocks with me encouraging me the whole time just giving me positive words and that's awesome dude for that i was like i was ready to quit at one point he encouraged me through it so that was really awesome of him that's so cool that's a neat story is your dad is he gonna be was he at the tko tko with you uh he wasn't he was actually fishing on the coast on his new fishing boat so he's taking a step back this summer but that's cool that sounds way cooler actually yeah, then, then the yelling kid. at your kid in some rocks when he's spinning out. Yeah. How was the TKO? TKO this year was definitely different than I think any year except the first year. It didn't rain in the previous week, so it was dry and dusty. It almost was like SoCal weather, where it was just super dusty and not super humid like the East Coast is known for. So it was like the first two knockouts were almost just like a hair scramble, single track kind of race. There wasn't anything technical. I don't think any of the top guys had to get off their bikes to walk. Really? And in the final, it's pretty hard for the final not to be gnarly because it's just up that waterfall and the big boulders in the creek. So that was still pretty gnarly. And I managed to finish fifth behind Colton and then three Europeans. So not bad. We won't mention their names. Uh, Manuel Lettenbickler won. Mario got second, and Wade Young got third. Okay, I guess we will mention their names then. <laughs> give them a little, give them some props. That's that's uh, interesting. I know some guys that came actually from our neck of the woods that went down there and raced it. I, I don't know how they finished. I saw on their Facebook or their Instagram or something that they were racing it, and I um, I had I had thought you know this year I raced Loretta Lynn's in the amateur in the in the old man class in the plus forty, and same deal for me. A top ten was was like. Okay, and I finished. Uh, what I, I got eighth, seventh, or eight, eighth. I thought you said seven. Or yeah, eight, and yeah. I'm like, now I'm like, ah, I'm gonna go back and I want to podium that thing, and that's a tall order for me, you know. And and nobody cares. It's the old man class, right? But it's, <laughs> yeah. but it, but it's, it's why why we get up in the morning and and it's it's fun and and I'll work towards that and that kind of thing. But I also have thought, 
Um, you know, I race in, in Baja, and uh, it's uh-huh. my my intention is to Ironman the 1000 in 2020, and I want to go there and win and win it, and I know that's a tall order. Um, the uh, the the TKO sounds like a lot of fun. I was thinking about that. I was uh, actually the the Iowa State Fair goes on the same week, so it's it has to compete, and that's a big deal to me. I really love the Iowa State Fair here, and and there's like over a million people that go. It's a big deal. Wow, and and uh, an incredible waste of time and money. Believe me. <laughs> so, so I thought, you know what? I could I would rather spend that money going down and racing the TKO, and I and I'm. I'm glad to have you on to, uh, you know, like a local double A guy that's now 40. Is it, is that a place for me or am I, I mean the other, the guys that, that, that went and raced it, I would handily beat at a local race, but I don't know how they finished. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. I mean, that's a weird format too. Yeah. I think the coolest thing about extreme enduro, it's not really how you finish so much. It's just about, the sense of accomplishment you can get from like the extremely challenging obstacles because lots of stuff you'll see you don't think it's possible and then you're just forced to push and push yourself out of your comfort zone and try these crazy things and sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't but when it does work out it's a pretty good feeling and i think that's why extreme enduro is growing so much right now and i think it's it's um you know also that the the What's cool about that event, I think, is your friends, family, like your dad, running through the rocks to cheer you on over there at Erzberg. You know, if you, if you're the spectators, it's designed to have the spectators close to you. So that's, I think that's more fun too than if you're out there, you know, in, in uh, Mexico and the Baja by yourself in the middle of the night. You're like, what am I doing? No, no one's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, that would be fun. Extreme Enduro definitely is so spectator-friendly. Like, at Erzberg, there's a couple sections. There's, like, probably a 1,000 people or so at each section cheering you on, and it's just they get such a thrill off seeing you get up a hill, and that just that helps you carry on with the race. So that definitely helps with Extreme Enduro. And at the, at Erzberg, so I'm, I'm always puzzling over it when I watch because I work at a dealership, so we've got – Moto TV and various years of the Erzberg are always rolling through on our video, at least clips of it. Is the start do they they do they break up the start in any way, or is it le- really a, just a mad dash? Uh, so they break it up five hundred people total, and we start in rows of fifty, like every twenty or thirty seconds. Whoa, it's a lot <laughs> of dudes <laughs> taming at a hill. Yeah, and it's supposed to be a dead engine start, and it never really ends up being a dead engine start. Everyone starts with their engines on, and you're supposed to wait for Carl, the race designer or maker, promoter, for him to pick up the flag. But as soon as he even moves his hand, everyone just leaves on a mad dash. And then at that point, there's no stopping them, and then... It's just chaos for the next three hours, honestly. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's <laughs> hours of a race, but people are legitimately freaking out about the the half a second they might gain at the start. Exactly. It's just everyone is, like, trying to kill each other for the first 20 minutes, like, legitimately. It's crazy. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun, actually. Uh, does it pay off to be a little more patient in that? I can only imagine. I guess you don't want to be behind people, though, that uh, can't make the the first obstacles because otherwise you just get log jammed, right. right? And it's game over. 
Yeah, so it's super important to be on the first row. That's like the most important thing. So you want to be top 50 fastest on the prologue the day before. And then my style is not, I'm not a super aggressive racer. So I like to let the race come to me, especially in the later half of the race. So I'll honestly let people go if they're like being super aggressive because I don't feel like battling for the first hour because I know it's such a long race. So it's just depending on your style. And my style is just a little more mellower, I'd say. Well, it's working for you, and letting the race come to you when it's three, four hours long, I guess, uh, can work. Yep. What about uh, GNCC? You do those? I've never done one, but I'd like to because I grew up racing off-road in Canada, and it's tight, gnarly trees, and kind of similar to GNCC, maybe a little tighter, but those guys are definitely fast, and I, I don't know if I can hang with many of them, but I raced Ben Kelly this weekend, and we had some good battles, so... It'd be fun to try one one day, though. He's no slouch, but I tell you, I do not believe, unless you're right on logging roads in Canada or something, I don't believe GNCC. They're so fast and blown out compared to any any other series that I've seen. It's a completely different animal. I mean, they race ATVs the day before. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, I have no doubt you'd do well. It'd be, it'd be fun to see. I go to a few of those here and there, so... Um, Three hours apparently doesn't bother you to race that long. It <laughs> d- it's so rough, though. Like in the, the, the early races, like in March and stuff, you can't imagine. And I know, Tristan, you'd have no trouble with it. But for a slob like me, it is the most brutal. And you're just like, why would I go to that? And then and then by February, you're like, well, I'm probably going to head down to GNCC in Florida again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, get, I get, have some friends from Canada that do GNCCs, and they always tell me about how rough and gnarly they are. So that I can definitely expect with so many, like, hundreds and hundreds of racers on the track. It's bound to get super rough. Yeah. Thousands, actually, yeah. in some situations. Arm pump in the pits. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what I would have, <laughs> right. for sure. So what are your expectations for the Enduro Cross this weekend, Tristan? Uh, so this year they got Taddy Blazuziak coming over to fill in for Cody Webb and then cool. Hager. So ultimately, if I could battle those guys for wins or podiums, that would be that would be really cool. If I could beat them here and there, I'm not expecting to fully win the Enduro Cross title, but if I can beat them straight up, which is something I've only done a couple times, that'd be really cool and mean a lot. That is cool. What's your What's your plans for the balance of the season? Anything besides uh, Enduro Cross? Uh, I might be going to Indonesia for another extreme Enduro race, which would be I'm pretty excited for that if that comes through. And then I have another race in Quebec I'm going to be doing, and then just some local racing, and then two more rounds in Enduro Cross in October. And that's about it, I think. Where do you live now? Uh, I live near Calgary, Alberta. Oh, sh- I live just across the border in British Columbia. You still live up in Canada. you do any motocross ever? Yep, I do some local motocross here and there whenever I can fit it in, and I practice it. Do you follow the the CM, CMRC? Is that what it is? Canadian? Yep. Mo- yeah, I, I I follow that. So, uh, Michael Essie, always a fun story when, when he's racing any series. Uh, have you been yep. following all the drama there and everything? Yeah, that one race definitely blew up where Philip Nicoletti, bad news, still got in his face and screamed at him or whatever, and then... They ended up getting some fines and stuff. That was pretty crazy. (laughs) 
I think it's just what the Canadian series needs. It, it's so yeah, lessy. I definitely. <laughs> they put it on the map. I think it's awesome, actually, and and I don't. I mean. We've had Alessi in the studio when he was on mini bikes and when when his when he was making his pro debut in, at Millville, you know, his dad called me and helped him find a mechanic for the summer for you know to train or whatever and, and be a practice bike mechanic. Like I know the Alessis very very well. Tony and I talk every time we see each other. We end up spending a good fair amount of time talking. I don't know why, and I really don't know why it always seems to find Mike Alessi. The drama. I don't. I really don't because I don't think he's. I think he's a great guy. I really do. But man, you can just count on fireworks. If you're gonna, if it, if Michael Lessie's in the show, it's gonna end with fireworks, like every concert at the Iowa State Fair. <laughs> every one of them. <laughs> Boom! There he goes. He's off again. Win, lose, or draw. Yeah, it's I'd, the same result. Definitely, over the course of his career, the drama seems to follow him. I don't know much about him, but. Definitely been some good press over that guy. Yeah. What's motocross like up there? I know the off-road is insane in Canada. The motocross, uh, I wouldn't wouldn't say it's as big as the off-road. The off-road, people just like riding in the bushes since we have so much, like so many mountains where we live. So it just seems to be off the rails. And the moto, there's only a couple moto tracks within bc and alberta that are like constantly groomed so there's just not many places to ride the other ones just they just let it go oh natural that's just not enough riders probably yeah out east i guess moto's way bigger but out west it seems like off-road riding the bulk of the riders but it's so good and, and the stuff you grew up riding is like some of the best stuff we have down here yeah exactly like Colorado. I mean, you go to Colorado and you'd be like, oh, it's not that big of a deal, you know? <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you're from Canada. Only your dirt's <laughs> better up there than Colorado. Yeah, we're super lucky. I'm super lucky to live where I live, and that's why I don't really want to move anytime soon because I think I got some of the best training in the world. So what are you doing? You you traveling in a sprinter van or something, or, or, or what's your program? Yeah, I got a Ford Transit. That's probably smart. But yeah, it was a little smarter decision for me. So I drive a lot. Sometimes I fly to races if I can, but we'll try to leave the van sometimes at races and then we'll fly back and drive to the next race to try and save 20 hours of driving here and there. Sure. But the bulk of it is definitely just driving back and forth, which kind of weighing on me a bit, but there's not much I can do about it at this point. Tough to maintain any uh, meaningful relationships let's say while driving constantly <laughs> probably don't have a girlfriend that gets to join you on these deals actually my girlfriend's with me right now my girlfriend of five years so we're having a little vacation right now so it's pretty cool oh that's fun that's, yeah, that sounds... takes the staying out of the drive does she know you? she's your yeah. girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> yeah she knows <laughs> sometimes she might not know though sometimes she might like question herself like what am i doing <laughs> yeah probably I've, I've heard some stuff <laughs> alright yeah. Tristan Hart it's been fun having you on you've been a good sport I'd like to give you a chance to thank all of the sponsors that help you go racing yeah I want to thank RPM Racing Mike helped me this year and will be helping me next year too and then KTM Canada KTM USA Maxis Climb SMF 
Just One, CD, Motorex, Amy Racing. Thanks to all of them. Awesome job. You must have like the bike right there and you can read them all off and your graphics, is, I, I'm assuming, right? So. Yeah. All right, Tristan, we appreciate you. Have a safe trip and good luck in Endurocross. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Have a good night. All right, thanks. Pit Pass Moto is an Evergreen Podcast production. Evergreenpodcast.com hosts a diverse and dynamically curated blend of creative shows featuring a wide range of lifestyle and niche programming. Our network features a myriad of entertaining shows rooted in high creative values and production quality. That's us, Pit Pass Moto on Evergreen Podcast Productions. Hey, this is Ben Bostrom. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. <laughs>